You're listening to the World Football Program with all the latest updates from both local and international football. to the World Football Programme Saturday morning. It's in April. Oh, no, I forgot to give my daughter a pinch and a punch thing. Damn. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. You're on Radio Fremantle. Myself, Penny Tannerhoth. Let's just go with Penny. Dave Kindness. Good morning, Dave. Good morning. And unto the listeners. And Jim Webb from The Next Goal Wins. Yeah, good morning. Hope I'm not an April fool. Yeah, uh, me too. <laughs> nah, we can all be fools together. That's fine. We're here to talk about football for the next two hours. You can catch us on the podcast if you miss any part of the show. Just go to the World Football Program website, click on podcast, and I'm sure Nick will have had it put up within an hour or so of us being on air. So you don't miss anything. You can also make any comments you want or share your news, which we love you to do on our World Football Facebook page. There's been lots happening this week, boys, and the highlight for me has got to be the Socceroos playing. Absolutely, the game yeah. against the games against Ecuador was very exciting. Yeah, exciting stuff. Yeah, there's also something very exciting going on in Scotland as well. Oh, is there? <laughs> <laughs> Two and a half minutes. <laughs> I've got my Scotland shirt on, and hey, I'm I'm giving it revs up. Yeah. How, how can these Spanish say that we slowed the game down? <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> they taught us how to do it. Yeah, this, this is what we love about football, though. We can have these conversations. Yes, and there's all absolutely. these different styles and rule changes and how it affects the style of play and country to country and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'll probably go to Spain and get hammered sex nil or something. Nah. At least. <laughs> <laughs> Bring nah. it on. No, we're good. We're good. We'll say a big thank you to all of the partners of our program, Greg Farrell especially, and his very talkative demeanour about football and five-a-side, generally football and... That is Futsal WA and the Super League competitions, five aside there, Oz West Fencing and Wrought Iron, Custom Built Fencing and Gates, Gate and Fence Hardware for components to build gates and set them up for automation. Thank you to everybody that listens into the show. Comments, 
and posts on our World Football Facebook page. We really appreciate that, especially Ian Dennis. Good on you, Ian, Peter Wright, Joe. Guys, we all appreciate that, and Neil Bennett and Ben Gilby. Really appreciate all the information that goes out there and that you share. We've got a lineup of guests from about 10 past today, including the Glory Shed Supporters Club in David Winkless. We'll have Neil Bennett, women's football writer, Blind Sports WA Chair Ben Rowe and Robbie Thompson, who commentated on the Ecuador and Australia series okay. this week. Yeah. So plenty to talk about. Absolutely. Even if you don't have the guests on, we'll have plenty yeah. to talk about, won't we, Dave? There is something I want to get across pretty early. There you go, I knew, yeah. see? Yeah. It's like a couple of seconds. Uh, There's no uh, point me being here, so I'll just go. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, Penny, you'll be interested in this. There is still an opportunity to, for people to put... F- uh, to nominate uh, um, people for the uh, the um, life membership. Is there? I thought it closed on the twenty seventh. Oh, it closed on the twenty seventh. Oh. Yeah, I thought I, I thought it was going for longer too, but I think it's actually closed now. Oh, okay. Yeah, but you can go onto <coughs> the West website and find out about that because I was just talking about some. Nominations over the last couple of days, and and then I saw something that had closed on the twenty seventh. But it could be wrong. But uh, check on Football West website under life memberships. Okay. Or send an email to Secretary of Football West, or give them a call. Yeah, because I, I got an email saying I was still looking for. When did you get that email though? That's the yeah, question. See, if you've yeah. been a busy lad, it might have been at the start of the week, and now it's the end of the week. Yes, it's very true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I know how it goes. I do. I do. So, uh, Jim, what about your week in football? What's been the highlight for you? Um, I think the highlight for me is finally that the league season over here. Uh, MPL's had two games, and now the state leagues have kicked off as well. So. Uh, Football's back, football's back. Winter's yep. coming, those cold afternoons, <laughs> evenings with the rain. Bring it on. Yeah. You know, and there's been some, uh, some some cracking scores and goals. And it's. I, I've said it since about February. I think this year's going to be a fantastic season for MPL, for State League as well. And even the amateur premiers, I think they're going to... Yeah. Because there's that carrot of the promotion. Absolutely. Um, and yeah. uh, we've got a Women's World Cup coming up. Yeah, we have. And the, co- the coverage for the local leagues is pretty good too. Like the, the fact that Football West are covering night series finals and they're covering the weekly leagues is um, opportunities for exposure for the game. It's, it's great. It can be shared in the yeah, social media platforms. And, and they've got that streaming service as well, but I still encourage everyone to go to the game. Yeah. Don't sit at home because it's raining, it's cloudy. Go to the game. Go and You can't beat a game watching the game. No. Oh, yes. you know. And the banter. And the banter. Yeah. yeah and the beers. Chips yeah. and <laughs> gravy and pies and stuff like that. Oh, I wouldn't yeah. touch them. Haggis. You live with the haggis. No and again. Eesh. Yep. And I did see that the... State Football Centre was in the news this week, which I, I personally did appreciate. I've been driving past it every week for work and just seeing yeah. the updates there, but it was good to see it on Channel 7. I think it was also on Channel 10. 10, yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah. it was good to see Football West representatives there. It, w- it was good to see the Sports Minister, David Templeman, who comes on and has a chat on our show. Yeah. His face was also in there, and then they, they panned and showed shots so we could actually see the progress that it's being made. And they did say to be ready for the Women's World Cup, but they also did say to be ready before now. So yeah. <laughs> it better be ready for the Women's World Cup. And yeah. I don't know what the FIFA deadline is, but there must be a deadline before, like way before the first game yeah. where they say, this is it, guys, we need to now relocate or whatever. Yeah. I would have thought, oh. yeah, I would have thought FIFA would have to come out and actually uh, you know, inspect, inspect yeah. the spec mm. tip. Yep. Because, uh, their approval on it. You know, it's not <coughs> yeah. 
otherwise we'd be jumpers for goalposts in the local park otherwise, <laughs> won't it? <laughs> yeah, well, what's what's the opportunities for alternatives there? I mean, the, the Dorian Gardens is a training venue. Sorrento's a training venue. Um, the HBF Park is the other playing venue. Do they put more games there or do they relocate to another state? I, I don't know. I mean, that's, yeah. that's just because I'm seeing the progress, the finish date move closer and closer to the World Cup. Yeah, and I, I, uh, Kingsway... I'll, yeah, Kingsway are involved as well. Aren't they? They're, they're prepared. Training venue. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I guess you can still go to Macedonia Park. Um, it, it's not training venue, but I'm talking about playing venues. Well, the only games are being played at HBF, and that's ready, isn't it? With all the developments. Yes. So that's not a problem. It's the training facility, and if the, if, yeah. the, if the state, yep, sorry, if the, the yep. state, if the WA State Football Centre isn't ready, then there is that location that the teams all have to, will probably have to go. And yeah. find alternative arrangements, but the actual games yeah. are not going to be in doubt. Hey, that's why we've not had any action for the whole. That's right. That's right. Macedonia so, yeah. Actually, why yeah. are we at Macedonia Park tonight again? What's happening uh, at um, HBF? Must be something uh, else that's not soccer. Probably some pop concert, isn't there? Just yeah. Justin Bieber back or someone like that. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and you're right. I keep getting the training venues and the playing mm. venues mixed up, but it's HBF Park. It's a, I wish there was more happening around the HBF Park, identifying that as a World Cup venue. I don't. Banners in the streets or on the street lights, big flags or something. I don't know. World Cup coming. It's yeah, going to be yeah. this venue right around the corner. And yeah, there doesn't seem to be much advertising of the, the fact that there is a World Cup. It's a yeah, World Cup. Yeah. You know, so. It is. That's right. But, I mean, but, more nations than any other play this sport, and I'd like to see that stamped all over everything. Absolutely. But mm. you're fighting against the footy guys, you know, the... the uh, Basil Zemplis, he's the king of uh, Perth at the moment, so, you know. <laughs> he does okay as as an ambassador for Perth. Yeah. yeah. How do we, how do we like, uh, I don't know, affiliate the football, our football code closer to Basil Zemplis? How do we do that? Are we allowed to talk about that football? Because if the Eagles and the Dockers keep losing, then the attention will go somewhere else. Well. <laughs> hopefully it will come to us. <laughs> yeah. Well, that means that Perth Glory has to keep winning to get some Perth focus. We're doing okay. Yeah. We're doing okay. Guys, let's go to a break and we'll come back and chat some more football. This is Penn and Jim and Dave in the studio on the World Football Programme. Stay listening. We'll be back soon. 107.9 FM, your local station. 107.9 Hey, hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432 745 140 or simply at www.futsalwa.org.au. Not too long to go now. We aren't just the people who mow your lawn. We aren't just the people who paint your houses. We aren't just office workers or taxi drivers or even the family next door. Underneath it all, we are fans. No matter when, no matter where, we'll be there.
time to let your inner fan out. No guts, no glory. We're back on the World Football Programme. Pen, Dave and Jim in the studio with you. And another Dave on the line, Dave Winkless. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, guys. How are you all? We're doing good. Yeah, we're good here. Thanks, Dave. We're pretty fantastic. Uh, all football engines firing this morning for the next uh, nearly two hours. We've got you on as the president of the Perth Glory Shed Supporters Club. That is one hell of a mouthful. <laughs> um, am I allowed to say just president of the shed? Yes. Okay, sweet. <laughs> yeah, that works. <laughs> <laughs> What's coming up for the shed, Dave? Uh, so the Glory Shed Supporters Club has its 20th tour of duty coming up in two weeks, which we're very excited about. Nice. Um, yes. Uh, obviously, um, given that the past two years we've had to travel locally because we were not allowed out of the state, obviously, uh, we're all very keen to get to Sydney. Uh, Sydney is the site of the very first tour back in the 2000-2001 National Soccer League. And I think from memory they had 15 people, looking at the database, they had 15 people on the very first tour and we're taking 74 people with us to Sydney in two weeks. Wow, that's awesome. Your opening statement, you said you weren't allowed out of the state. It sounds like you were very contained and you're happy to be let out. Uh, yes, yes, we are. Yeah, we um, Last two years, we went down to Bustleton and we didn't end up getting to watch a glory game because it got cancelled. And then last year, we went up to Lancelin for the weekend and I think we watched the glory play the Mariners whilst we were up there at the pub. So that was all right. <laughs> Dave, how many of those um, 74, what's, who's done the most tours? Is there anyone else? So, yes. So we've got um, seven people on the tour that we call the Untouchables, and those seven people have done all 19 tours so far, and they will be doing the 20th as well. Wow. Good on them. That's well done. Yes. So what, do, do you get like a, a shirt or a pin or a badge or something that says you've been on a tour? Um, so what we do, so every year we organise a tour shirt, um, we organise a tour stubby holder. Uh, in um, the previous two years we've organised a tour scarf and this year instead of the scarf we've got bucket hats and then um, people get a pin as well. Very sun friendly, so to speak. Um... Yes. Yeah. So there's a guy that comes down to the Glory Games and he's got a very impressive, I suppose you'd call it a bucket hat, and pins are all over his hat. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Do you know what I'm talking um, about? Yeah. Yes. Uh, probably um, JR, as we know him, um, John Rickelicki. He's got um, two hats full of uh, Glory pins. So he's been on a few tours and he's just got, obviously, um, all of his members' pins as well. But there's a few other people in the Shed Supporters Club that have got those hats going with all the pins. So it's an impressive thing to see on tour because everyone that's done a whole heap of tours, they all bring out their black Shed bucket hats with all the pins on it, which is really cool. And how many tours have you done, Dave? Uh, so this will be my fifth. So my first one was Newcastle in 2017. And uh, as this is my fifth tour... I get 
what's known as my sergeant stripes. So I'm on. <laughs> so I become um, a veteran, so to speak, with the shed because I've done five tours. I get my sergeant stripe, and I think we've got about maybe another five or six people, maybe a few more, that also did the Newcastle tour with me that will get their sergeant stripes as well. So on the Saturday night of tour, we have a club dinner. And that's when we make all kinds of presentations to people that have done five tours, ten tours, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. How does someone become involved with the shed? If they want to go on tour, do they have to be a member and have completed a certain induction? Uh, so to come on tour, you pretty much have to join up as a member of the Glory Shed Supporters Club, which is $25. And... Yeah, that's pretty much it. It's, um, yeah, just pretty much you sign up as a Shed member and then you can come on tour with us. Nice. And does the club give you any recognition while you're away on these tours? Yes, yes. Um, Yeah, the club, um, obviously, uh, with this year being our 20th tour, uh, we believe that the CEO of the club, um, Anthony Radich, is coming over um, to help us out with the presentations on the Saturday nights. And the club are also sending over their videographer, um, Michael Jepson, to shoot the weekend. So the club's got lots of footage that they can post on all their socials, which is, yeah, which is really cool. Yeah. Good, because I was just wondering about, you know, being the 20th and it should be a special occasion to be marked on the socials. So as long as that's that's done and that's highlighted, then I'm sure that people will see the fun that you have away and... uh, Join up for next year, and, yeah, and there may be yeah. some first timers for the next next year's uh, tour yeah. of duty. So, yeah. is, is there is there any one ground that you you go to in the last like nineteen times more often than others, or how do you pick your tour? So we pick the tours based. So when the fixtures come out, we um, like we tend to look at fixtures around January, February, sort of you know like the summer months when we know the weather's going to be good and we just have a look at what dates work for the committee and then like we normally come up with at least you know three or four dates if we can't decide we will open it up to our members and at the AGM or I'm like you know at just a normal meeting we will ask our members right these are the dates that we've got in mind for tour which one of these games would you guys, you know, like to do this year? And and is there a ground or a club that you'd like to go to that you haven't been to yet? So the only ones that we haven't done, so we haven't done uh, Western United, but that's obviously a bit difficult because they're at several different grounds. <laughs> we haven't done MacArthur. And uh, I think they're the only two that we haven't done now is the new club. We've um, yeah, we've done Newcastle, uh, we've done Wellington, and yeah, I think it's just um, two new clubs that we haven't done yet for a tour. Dave, let's just move over to Perth Glory uh, in situ. So we've got a home game tonight, last one at Macedonia yeah. Park. Um, then it's all on for HBF. We hope. From there, yes. No more concerts displacing us or rugby games or anything like. We kind of hope. Um, how do you feel things are working out for the glory? And um, I don't know that I don't know if this is like um, been missed or whatever. But Sebastian Langkamp was signed for Glory during the week, as far as I can see. But it's been a little bit quiet in conversation. Any comments oh. on that? 
Um, I actually didn't know that. So, I, yeah, um, I haven't seen anything. I've seen nothing announced. So I'll have to look into that and find out. So that was on the that one. Perth Glory Instagram uh, account. Right. Yeah, I just saw that All yesterday. Right, yeah. There yeah. you go. So we're sitting yeah. we're sitting in a fairly tidy position on the table, but we could do it a little bit more of an oomph to make the finals, of course. Yeah, yeah. well, it is um, very close. Obviously, um, Gloria are only three points behind Sydney FC in seven, but then you look at the ladder and you've got the Jets uh, in sixth on 25, uh, Western United in eighth on 25, and then MacArthur on 25 as well. So it's ninth versus tenth tonight. And you'd really want to hope that the glory come out, you know, firing because, you know, they need wins if they want to make finals. And they've got, you know, a good run of games here against some teams that are around them on the ladder. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. And um, Matthew Stacey, who is at the Comic-Con doing a Black Adam impersonation, which I've got to get photos of that um, tonight, <laughs> said, don't don't forget to mention about the food bank and glory, oh, glory merchandise. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the yes, yeah, the um, glory um, tonight. They're having a canned food drive for food bank. Uh, there's a collection point that will be set up outside of Macedonia Park as you go in. So, if anyone going along to the game tonight has any canned food that they could bring along to donate, that would be fantastic. And I do believe the club are also discounting uh, polos tonight for the last game at Macedonia Park. So, if there's anyone out there that's looking for some new Glory merchandise, the club has a sale on at the ground. Yeah, that's that sounds good. I'm sure that um, people will be out there picking stuff up. I always pick up a couple of things for people I know. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah, I can't help myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk about the um, games at Optus Stadium that are coming up um, on July 15. I have no idea how ticket sales are going, but uh, I... Definitely hopped on to get my Perth Glory versus West Ham pre-ticket sale tickets and had to log on a few times because it uh, booted me out and there was lots of people trying to do the same thing, yeah. which is good. Which is, you know, we want lots of people to fill the stadium. Uh, what's, yes. the, what's your thoughts on things there? Um, it's always good when the Glory are involved in these fixtures. Obviously, um, last year we had um, Crystal Palace, Man United and Aston Villa come and the Glory weren't involved. But it's always good when Perth Glory gets a chance to showcase themselves against the big club. You know, um, the interest that gets generated locally with the Glory playing a big club is fantastic. So it's going to be really good to see how the Glory match up against West Ham. And I think a lot of the intrigue is going to be as to whether West Ham can stay up in the Premier League. Because, you know, there's a real chance that West Ham, you know, could be relegated. And then it's a championship side taking on an A-League side, which would be, you know, like really interesting to see. Yes, and uh, West Ham, haven't they just changed coach? Is it them? No, no. that was Crystal Palace. No. Crystal Palace, sorry. Yep. Yeah. yeah, Crystal Palace. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, so, hmm, yeah, it'll be a bit interesting. I mean, I'm just yes. I'm personally going along because I'm supporting Perth Glory. I don't care who they're playing. I would go to watch them play any international team and... Um, we want to obviously spread the word and if we can fill Optus Stadium then that's a bucket load of people catching buses and trains and getting to Optus Stadium yep. with their glory stuff all over Perth. Yeah, absolutely. That's the best. Yeah, of course. Mm. Yep. 
Um, and there are other games, of course. Um, Tottenham West are coming. Ham. Yeah, West Ham, Tottenham. Yeah. Three, yeah. three days later, four yeah. days later. So Yeah, wouldn't it be interesting there was hardly any people watching that game, but there was a bucket <laughs> load of people watching the no. Gloria West Ham uh, game. Unfortunately, <laughs> I can guarantee two people at that West Ham Tottenham game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and um, we need to mention, of course, some retirements with Liam Reddy announcing that he's ready to mm-hmm. yeah. move on from Gloria and Kim Carroll from the Glory Women mm-hmm. retiring yeah, yeah, yeah. as well. I think uh, the, the part of the main function, uh, the corporate function tonight, to recognise that, bye bye. But I don't know about Kim Carroll if she would be involved. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Last week's game for the W League, uh, W League Women, the um, A League W. Yeah. Oh God, I I've so confused. Yeah, you got it. The, yep, that last week, anyway, the game at Macedonia Park for the women, um, there was some recognition for Kim there. Okay. Yep, yeah. um, Abid uh, Imam, who formerly working for Football West and is now the FIFA representative, yep. FIFA World Cup representative, he was emceeing at the game. That guy's got so many damn hats. Yeah. Yeah. But he did a great job mm. emceeing, so he made a presentation and, mm. uh, and everyone was there. And there was tears, and as us girls do. I don't know, yeah. there'll be tears from Liam Reddy. <laughs> so, certainly be interesting to see what he does next because like reading that he's like he's classed himself as a west australian he's probably going to stay here now so yeah there'll be some walking football teams that will be uh looking at his age and hoping to sign him up in a few years time i think the australian team was looking for a goalkeeper for their last international well, title just recently yeah, yeah, yeah. they were yes yeah. dave have you got anything to add into the conversation before we let you go for your weekend uh, no, not really, no. Um, I think it's all pretty much been covered really well. Yeah, good one. Appreciate yeah. you joining us today, right, no. Dave. Enjoy yeah. the game enjoy, tonight. No enjoy your tour. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Enjoy. All right, cheers, guys. Good on you, Dave. So See ya. Bye. Bye. That was Dave Winkless, the Perth Glory Supporters Shed President. The Shed President. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I think need a shorter title. <laughs> <laughs> Flipping neck is all I can yeah. say to that. Okay, uh, next up we're going to have a chat to um, Neil Bennett about women's football, uh, as we do, and we'll have a chat about the NPL and everything that's happening there. And I'm just trying to think, we need some more promos on here to to show women's football. We've got Perth Glory stuff and we've got other... Other international promos, but we don't have like local, local ones. Prom- yeah, just yep. uh, I don't know a jingle about NPL football or so. I must get on the Football West about that. Maybe they can, I don't know, do something. I don't just know do a quick run through of the fixtures for the weekend or something like that would be you know just to promote the game for this know. weekend. You know, anyway, nice. we'll go to a break. S- something to think about. We'll give you what we've got. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be back soon. This is Pen, Jim, and Dave. A true glory supporter is someone who gives a hundred percent on match day. Whether it's chanting, waving a flag, always there, always passionate, jumping up and down, going absolutely animal, and continuing to make our amazing atmosphere for football fans. I'll spend about eight to nine, maybe ten hours on glory uh, during the week when we're making our banners and this and that. The feeling when Glory score is just the most phenomenal feeling ever. Everything just stops. So there's a whole brief feeling of silence. Suddenly everyone just jumps up and down. An eruption of 
cheering, yelling and flag wave. It's just one of those things when the goal hits the back of the net, it's an amazing, it's an amazing situation. You're listening to Radio Fremantle 107.9. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron is a fourth generation family business. Ring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron. Call us on 9258 6822. Station sponsor. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware, components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. Greatness is all around us. On pitches, fields, and playgrounds. At home and far away. It lives in the past. And it's in the faces we look up to. And in those we see every day. Greatness is all around us. It takes us beyond limitations, beyond possibility. Beyond doubt. Beyond expectations. The only question is, where will it take us next? Welcome back to the World Football Program. Penn, Dave and Jim in the studio and our guest online is Neil Bennett, women's football reporter. Good morning, Neil. Good morning, Penny. How are you? Super awesome. Happy for this weekend and all the football that it is going to bring and the many miles it will allow me to travel. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, there's a lot on this weekend, isn't there? Yeah, there is. It's uh, not even all started for the leagues yet, but it's, uh, yeah... Finals and leagues and scratch matches and Perth Glory, everything really. And then there's television and live streaming and what you can cram in between all that. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) absolutely, absolutely. Eating's for wimps, you know. Yeah, and so sleeping. (laughs) And sleeping, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What's top of your list in in the women's football space, Neil? Um, Well, I think the. The Women's Night Series final on Sunday uh, will be an interesting one. Um, be good to get along to that. Um, there was obviously two games in the MPLW last night, and then we got another two games on Sunday as well. So that league's well and truly kicked off. And then, as you mentioned, um, we've got Perth Glory as well um, playing their final or potentially their final game. Uh, we can never rule it out uh, against Brisbane a little bit later today. So. 
yeah, over the uh, three days of the weekend, Friday, Saturday and Sunday, there's plenty of football to go and watch. And let's do the maths about Perth Glory this currently sitting sixth at the moment, which is mid-ish table. What's the maths on how they're going to make the finals? Well, they have to win. Uh, that's the first thing. But then they've got to rely on other teams um, above them to drop points. Um, Canberra United have got a tough game. They're playing against Melbourne City. And then Melbourne Victory, you travel to New Zealand to play bottom of the league, Wellington. Um, any sort of result for either of those two teams uh, will rule glory out regardless of what they do against Brisbane. So it's a bit of a, a Hail Mary game for them today. Um, and on top of that, there's, there's a three-goal swing in goal difference uh, against Melbourne Victory. So if Victory lose, glory and the permutations on goal difference are quite quite a lot. Glory at the moment have got a goal difference of four and Victory have got a goal difference of seven. Canberra's is five. Um, so, yeah, they'd have to win fairly convincingly against Brisbane and they don't have a good track record in, in Queensland against the Raw. Um, so, and coming off the back of um, a tough defeat against Sydney, the travel from Perth to Sydney to play that game and then further travel from Sydney to Brisbane, um, it's a big ask for them. But they've shown they're a side that just doesn't sort of know how to give up. But, yeah, this this may be it for them. It may well be their last game. Yes. Um, hoping it's not, but I have really been enjoying watching them play and um, gathering decent crowds at Macedonia Park when they've been home. Um with uh, Kim Carroll retiring after this season, uh, a bit emotional for her last week at the ground. Um, she's been solid, and I kind of hope she steps back into local football, be it Perth or otherwise, and still keeps playing. Yeah, I think she'll be staying in Perth. Um, the, there is now this issue with the transfer window uh, because the league is now deemed to be a professional league. Um, player movement at the professional level, uh, can't take place until May. And now all of the W League players are deemed as professional players, uh, obviously. Uh, so for them to move back into the local league, they have to be transferred in. They can't do that until May, but there's a possibility that they could all be signed as amateurs for their clubs, but then there's a 30-day exemption. So the last game you played for your A-League W side, you can't play as an amateur for another team. For 30 days, by which time the transfer window's open. So none of the um, none of the players at Glory, um, be they from interstate or from Perth, will be able to go back into their state league teams if that's what they choose to do until May. So um, the league that they can't go back in for a little while yet. Anyway, and it may, may well be a good thing for them. It gives them a chance to give their bodies a rest and a yes. bit of a break and um, and just sort of recuperate and refresh themselves. Yes, absolutely. And the NPL you mentioned is kicking off second week and some of the results last night. Curtin is just having a plain tough time after getting hammered by Balcatter in the first round and in the second round last night uh, against Subiaco. Yeah, um, I don't know really what to say about that. Um, you feel sorry for the players because that's an awful position to be in. Um, I believe that they went in without their first choice goalkeeper, which didn't help, and also um, a defender was missing as well. But um, 
I'm not sure. It's, I think that may be a record NPLW score, 13-0. I don't think anybody has shipped double figures before, and it's certainly the, the biggest score for Subi. So well done to Subi for that. Um, but, yeah, Curtin, it's, it's very, very hard to see where they go from here. Um, you know, obviously things are not right there. And as I said, you feel very sorry for the players who, you know, put in the hard work in over the training pitch and um, coming up with a result like that overnight. It, it's it's very dispiriting for them, I'm sure. Yeah. Yes. Uh, however, there are some games left. NTC, Balcata, so- uh, Perth Soccer Club and Fremantle are still two games to be played in this round. Um, Gemma <clears> Crane then, is playing for Perth Soccer Club. Looking good, yeah, well, fit, strong. She is. Yeah, yeah, but let's not forget as well that there was another game last night uh, with Perth Red Star. Indeed. Um, getting over Mum 2-0, I was at the game. Um, Sorry, I was trying to gloss very... past that one really quickly. It didn't work, <laughs> yeah, did it? I, I thought you might, yeah. <laughs> there was no chance of you me letting you have, have that happen. You know that. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, look, the first 15 minutes or so, I thought Red Star looked very nervous. Um, bit of a hangover from the previous week when they lost their unbeaten record to NTC and uh, NTC thoroughly deserved that win um, so they did look a little bit nervous but as, they, as the game grew they, they settled into it and I think 2-0 was a, was a, a fair result um, it could even have been a, a goal or two more for that um, so a good win for them and then as you mentioned yeah, Gemma's looking very strong and fit um, which is a good thing for the game uh, a lot of uh, talk about Tia coming back but I think uh, Tia Stonehill but I think Gemma Crane's um, arrival back on the scene is just as important, um, and she's a vital player for Perth. Um, when she came on in the night series final at half time, I'm not saying she turned the game, but she certainly made a difference. And um, yeah, she's a she's a powerful, dynamic player when she's on song. So that a good start, and it would be a good game uh, against Fremantle. We'd be looking to bounce back after what could be described as a bit of a shock result against Murdoch. Murdoch, that was a great result for them. Um, they were very energetic and about it uh, last night. Um, so, yeah, even though they're a young team, a bit like the NTC, um, certainly a lot of energy for them. Um, yeah, so Fremantle will be looking to bounce back from that. And then NTC against uh, Balcada. Um, the way NTC went about their business against Red Star last Sunday, I, I would suggest they're going to be a match for anybody in the league. Um, so Balcada are going to have to be on song because... Obviously, they had a very big win against uh, Curtin, but this is a different proposition altogether yes. for them tomorrow. Hey, Neil, how come uh, Myers in goal and not Zara? Is she... Zara left to go. Zara left to go to South Melbourne. Oh, I thought she was just away on international squad duties. Uh, sorry, no, national she, squad duties. She played in the uh, semi-final for, for Red Star in the night series, and then she got an offer from uh, South Melbourne. She took that up. Um, so she's gone to South Melbourne. She is overseas at the moment, along with uh, three other West Australians in the Australian schoolgirls uh, competition against uh, in the Dallas Cup against some pretty big teams, Real mm-hmm. Madrid included. Um, so, yeah, look, um, good luck to her. But, yes, it's obviously um, something that we weren't... And, uh, well, say we. It's obviously something that Perth Red Star weren't mm-hmm. anticipating. Um, and an absolute legend in, in my coming out of retirement yet again um, to to sort of step up and she did a fantastic job in the night series and um, she's great, great around the club. Um, it just means now we don't have a goalkeeper coach at the moment because she's playing first team football. So a bit, bit of a downer on, on that side. Wow. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, Zara not one to be held down and moving on. Yep. Good on her and her career opportunities there. She's certainly a kid with ambition. 
She mm. is, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> and you did mention about the Women's League Night Series coming up on Sunday. That's uh, UWA and NTC. So that's the young NTC squad then, the younger one? It is, yeah. They're, they're in the 15th team. Um, they've gone through undefeated. They played in the group stages out at Allenbrook. Um, came up against uh, Perth Red Star. Um, pretty comprehensive first half, second half. Um, Red Star pulled back and it ended up 4-3. Um, but they played two very physical teams in the other two games against Sorrento and Hammersley, and that's not that's not a denigration. That's just the way it is. They were very strong uh, physically, but the uh, the young kids uh, did very well, and then squeaked over the line against Fremantle in the semi final. So they're up against a very strong UWA side. But they played them last year in the same final um, and came away quite convincing winners in an extra time. I think it'll be a different game uh, on Sunday because two of the king. Key players for the NTC have now stepped up into the senior squad. So um, Ruby Cutler and um, I hope that's right, and uh, Iskia Brooking uh, have both moved up. So they were very influential players last season. So yeah, I think it will be an interesting game. And uh, Ian D. Lydas, uh, I'm going to imagine immediately after the Balcar NTC game. So hopefully get a good crowd along to watch that one. Mm. Yeah, hopefully. I haven't managed to watch any of the games myself. They've been quite a distance away up at uh, Ellenbrook. Yeah. Yeah, they moved them around. There was uh, three three different venues, so they basically had them at geographic locations. Um, I think it was a good... Uh, it's, it's good to have that night series for the teams below the NPL because those that are jostling, you know, with a revamp of the league, um, wanting to sort of get the feelers out and see where they're sitting. Yes. Um, and the real possibility of promotion relegation, you want a, a good, strong squad. Um, to, to be able to maybe push up into NPLW, um, and I think it was it, it's a good thing uh, to to have them have that preseason and to get some some minutes into their legs before the season starts next weekend. Yeah, Neil, well, Jim here. I was at the uh, I was at Armadale for one of the uh, night series group stages. I watched uh, Mandra City uh, play Gosnells, I think, and Paul Kennedy also playing Armadale, and I was quite impressed with Paul Kennedy. I know. Uh, they're quite an established team, but they're really going to push for it this year. And, and I fully expect Paul Clendon to do quite well in, in that Division 1 league this year. And, and they got to the semi-finals, no disgrace losing to that that game. And uh, I'm, I think Paul Kennedy may be a team to watch as an up-and-coming team over the next two or three years. Well, it's what we want, Jim, isn't it, really? Because I know that um, they've put a lot of work and effort into the ground and, and into their you know development of the women's team, which is fantastic, because... It's not good when you're seeing teams, as we just mentioned, you know, losing as heavily as they did. So if there are teams that are pushing and they've got the facilities and they can get into the NPLW, then, yeah, it's it's great. And I think that's really what Football West want is a bit of upward pressure from below to make the teams in the NPL sort of just keep them honest, really, rather than just thinking that they're there for perpetuity and uh, they can do what they like. That's, um, that's it, nothing, yeah. could, nothing could be further from the truth. We really want them to be earning their, earning their spots in there. It'd be nice for that NPO even to expand by a couple of teams if possible as well, I think. Yeah. Whether I, the talent's I, there to do that, I don't know at the moment. I think, yeah, I think that that's the issue. I think that we, we really have to be sort of very careful because mm. we could end up with, with two teams that are, are suffering badly. So I say, I think slowly, slowly catching up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but what what is evident <clears throat> now is with the NTC, having had access to players coming into their programme, from the ages of 12, which they haven't had before, and that is flowing up through them. 
and then players from there are dropping out of the system uh, and then they're going to clubs and they can't all go to the same club um, and I think you're starting to see a talent base building up uh, at the younger levels and then if the NPL teams start to do what they really should be doing which is to develop their own young players as well um, yeah I think we, we're looking at a, a healthier competition and a broader base of players to choose from yeah that's what we want and then relook at things again in a few years and and see how you know the structure's going I, I really like the promotion and relegation part it's going to yeah. sort mm. sort a few things out that we haven't managed mm. to sort out before yeah but yeah and I, and I think also the, the the start of the season for the teams below the first division I still don't know what they're going to call it but to have this grading process going on as well it, it would remove you know teams that put themselves up into higher divisions and then want to drop out after two weeks or something like that. So I think that that's a good thing uh, as well. And I'd like to see that extended to the juniors as well, to the junior girls, so the boys do it at NPL. I think it'd be a good thing for the junior girls as well because you do see some teams are, are clearly not of the standard that they should be, either too good or too poor. Um, and, you know, it's all about development of players and you want the best players playing against each other. And I think the grading will sort of really mm. help yeah. sort that one out. Yeah, but there's quite a bit of um, dropout in the girls and boys, but maybe more so in the girls. And there's a bit of research being done, and they find that um, they don't really enjoy playing football because they're, think... they're being shouted at by uh, coaches and uh, yeah. maybe pushy parents as well, and they don't enjoy playing the game. And that's a sad thing, really. I, I look, can, can I just make a comment on that because I'm a, I'm yeah. a coach. And I've found that this age is, uh, sorry, this age, you don't know what age, uh, the, the teenage age is probably the most difficult to coach. Yeah. And as a parent, it's the most difficult to parent. <laughs> so it's like it's relative, right? So yeah. I can imagine that a coach who is or isn't a parent is going to have that challenge of, well, these kids are in that uh, space where they've got their girlfriends, boyfriends, jobs, school pressures, uh, parent pressures, life pressure, whatever it is, and they're having to manage all of that because they come, kids come to the football ground with all those in in their head and from the same schools and brothers and sisters and teens and whatever. So that's that, man, that's a lot to manage for anybody, and for a, a coach and a parent to manage that, I can just imagine it's. Um, you know, there's probably times when people are at the end of their frustration and uh, irritable. The kids, the parents and the coaches mm. and their administrators are all having those kind of life pressures. So I, I, I kind of get all of that. Yeah, maybe. Mm. But I, you, I feel like a parent when I coach. Yeah. With like, well, lot, but, and yeah. The kids can go home afterwards, so I'm like, whew, yeah. I did. yeah. <laughs> totally enjoy it while I, I've got it. Yeah, I think the key is that um, the club has a responsibility to try and keep the, the environment as as happy as possible, mm. um, coaches to be, you know, given the, the, the skills necessary by the club in terms of, you know, we don't want to see that sort of behaviour where you're shouting and you, you've got to have a clear vision of where you're going and, and development of players, but also development of players as adults, um, not mm. just as footballers, and that, yeah. that's key. Yes. And empathy is such a big thing, and uh, I think more and more research as well about the impacts of puberty and... Um, menstrual cycles and things like that. And male coaches, are, you know, that's something that they've never had to contend with. But if you can get female coaches in or you can you can uh, expose the male coaches to those sorts of things that are going on, and certainly the role of female managers uh, is critical uh, in teams as well because the girls will go to them rather than a male coach. 
um, and some of the male coaches, uh, I include myself in this, are of an age where they are grandfather age, you know, and what young teenage girl is going to go and talk to a grandfather about issues? So, yeah, it, it's it's a club thing that has to develop, and I think um, there is a realisation of it. And the dropout is also occurring, and I think you touched on it there about the parent issues. I, I get a little bit concerned when I see parents pushing their children who are 15, 16, into adult environments playing in under-21s or even trying to get them into NPLW teams where they're sitting in an adult changing room. Yeah. And mm. these, are, these are children who are not fully mature yet and all because they think that that's where they need to be rather than just let the child develop and grow and enjoy the game. And, and I think that's a key as well. When all point. said and done, we're, we're playing a game. <laughs> we're, not, we're not making livings out of this. We're playing a game. And it's only the very, very few the elite of the women who can actually make a living out of it. So people lose sight of that a little bit. It's a game. It's meant to be enjoyed on a Sunday. And for two nights a week, you're with your friends, having, a, having instruction how to play the game, um, but also keeping yourself mentally and, and physically fit and agile. And, yeah, a lot of, a lot of people, I, seem, I think, seem to lose sight of that. And that goes for the boys as well. Of course. Uh, we're, yeah, we're playing a game. Let's enjoy it and let's try and keep them in it because... It's shown that physical activity really does help with a lot of uh, mental health issues as well. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think sometimes we forget that when academically we're in that space of the last couple of years of high school or university Mm. and you're paying for it, there's an outcome that's uh, pretty crucial um, and parents want particular things for their kids. I don't think there's pressures there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, you know, that's something that we all need to take take note of and it's we I've always maintained uh, the club that I've been at but the only team that really needs to win and that's only from a prestige point of view is the first team all the other teams can lose week in week out but as long as the children the players are enjoying themselves and they're developing as players then that that's that's a good result that's a win-win as far as I'm concerned yeah Mm. yeah uh, Neil, let's talk about... Well, actually, I did want to mention there, female coaches. We, we did touch a little bit on uh, the, the empathy part and relatedness there, but across the NPL, how many female coaches are there coaching? There's one head coach, Faye Chambers. Um, Red Star have got a, an assistant coach in the first team, uh, Sean Billum. Yep. They're under, they're under 21's coach, Jess Wheatman, and then there's a young, uh, young player, um, Sarah, who's coaching our under-13 squad, um, but you don't. I think the assistant coach at Balcata, Millie Stewart, um, but there are, and then obviously NTC's um, under-15s coach Sam uh, is there as well. But there's not that many. Um, Football West do a great job in trying to promote them, giving you know free C license courses for any females, um, but the numbers aren't there. Hopefully, as players are getting towards the end of their playing career, we'll start to encourage them to, to stay on in the, in the game in some capacity. And coaching is obviously one of them. So that, that's something that's being worked on at Red Star, uh, is to try and keep the senior players involved in the game when they, they decide the time has come for them to stop playing and to encourage them to get involved with some of the junior teams. All part of the professional journey? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you never know where it's going to lead you. Um, I mean, just recently, um, Nick Williams was back in town. Mm. Um, you know, possibly the best female coach the state has had. Um, and she's coached national teams and, you know, professional teams in Italy and, and England. 
So it can take you a long way. And uh, you, you always have to start with baby steps and start at grassroots level is, is the way that many of them do get their start. Tanya Oxtaby at Chelsea. Is another one, yeah, absolutely, Tanya, and also uh, mustn't forget Justine Bondis as well. Uh, Just is a very good coach. Not sure what she's doing right now. Um, she's I think she's in still involved the, in, in Balcatta. Future Football Foundation, uh, Indigenous Football. All oh, right, yeah, brilliant, yeah, fantastic. Um, you know, uh, somebody that has a lot to offer. Um, and it's interesting that those three were of the same generation. You know, Nick, Tanya, and Justine. This was another one, uh, Elisa the video. Um, yeah. She did a badges, uh, and she she was an NPL coach for a little while there. She's now Glory. Uh, yeah, she's working in a marketing yeah. area there. But um, yeah, there are some around, but not as many as we'd like, I think. Yes. But even at, at, at W League level, there's hardly any. Mm. Um, Wellington, Wellington Phoenix, and Newcastle Jets, I think, are the only two that I can think of off the top of my head. Maybe Western Sydney, I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, there's not many of them around. Mm. Let's move on to the Matildas national programs. Uh, good to see that the Visit Saudi sponsorship idea has been scrapped. Woo-hoo. Yep. Um, yeah. Not quite sure why that got any traction at all. Mm. Uh, <laughs> money. Money. <laughs> yeah, that, that too. But uh, got more traction than the actual Weathers World Cup coming to Australia kind of thing. <laughs> anyway, um, young Matildas, are they in camp at the moment? With one of um, not sure. Uh, I don't think so. But the the draw has been made for the second second stage of their um, journey to the Women's Youth World Cup. So um, I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if um, camps are up very very soon. And uh, Tian uh, McKenna uh, from WA is back in that squad, so that's good. Very good. Uh, what's her club? Um, she's over east. She's with Perth Glory, but she plays uh, in the Vic NPLW and is likely to return there because she is in the future Matildas. Um, same with Hannah Lowry. She will return over east to the future Matildas uh, squad there. But I'm hearing rumours that uh, there is some very strong encouragement being given to the WA players that are in Perth Glory to remain here in the West. Uh, whether that happens or not remains to be seen, but that's that's an encouraging sign. What's uh, Tijan's original club here in Perth? And then she had a uh, very, very brief stint, i.e. night series, couple of games with Fremantle um, before moving over to Victoria last year. OK. You, you dropped out there. What was the original club that you said? Um, NTC was the original okay, club. OK, yeah. Okay. Yep, cool. All right, and... Um, of course, we've got a couple of uh, big games coming up for the Matildas. Um, first game would be the July 14 game, Australia versus France. Yeah, and I think the um, the squad that they've um, selected for that uh, it's interesting because they've got four goalkeepers in it, and that's Jada Wyman being dra- drafted in along with Mackenzie Arnold, Lydia Williams, and uh, who's the other one? I can't quite recall but uh, three or four goalkeepers in that squad now. maybe yeah um, I'm just looking I know there's four but I can't remember who the third fourth one was but maybe she's out injured at the moment um, but yeah it, it sort of suggests that he's still not settled on his goalkeeping spot um, but the rest of the squad seems to have picked itself and I would suggest at this time that it's unlikely that there's going to be any bolters coming in the only possible one could be Michelle Heyman but um 
the fact that she's not been included in this squad sort of suggests that this may be it for her, which is a shame because she's had a fantastic season. Yeah, she has. And, yeah, the the point of bringing her in at this uh, this moment would be, well, what has the squad been working on? Like the style of play and the dynamic and would that change um, how many goals she's scoring at local level and the quality of that local level competition compared to the next step up, which is international, which whether she'd reproduce that. I, I think of um, Jamie McLaren when he plays A-League. He smashes it. And then when he steps up into the Socceroos, he doesn't smash it. Mm-hmm. He's just not but, as not as prolific. Yeah, but then you could make the case of uh, Heyman being preferred over Crummer, for example. Mm. Um, she's not exactly torn the league up this season uh, for Brisbane Raw, and yet she's a striker and she's been played at fullback by Tony. So uh, he, she did get a run up front in the last game. Um, so yeah, you don't you don't really know is, is Crummer the plan B. And if she is, then surely a better option for a plan B would be uh, a goal scorer in form in Michelle Heyman. But I'm not the national coach. <laughs> what do I know? <laughs> no, we'll just keep talking about it, though, because we can. Yeah, hmm. yeah hey, absolutely. Uh, Neil, uh, I've got a question for you. The construction of the home of the Matildas at Latrobe yep. University, what's the scenario there? It's been kept very, very quiet. Um, I don't know what the timeline is, but definitely that will be, once it's complete, that will be where they will be based for their training camps. Um, and, you know, that, that will obviously be used by the local football community as well, but it will be the home of the Matildas. So junior Matildas, young Matildas, um, future Matilda camps, all those sorts of things, all national camps, I would imagine would be going there. Um, at, I think it's, Latro- as you said, Latrobe University. So... Um, these football centres are excellent. I think uh, you know the state centre here uh, should be up and running very soon. Uh, a lot of news coverage about it this week. So I think it's really important that we have somewhere for them to go. But that was announced a couple of years ago. I don't know what the timeline is for them to complete it. But, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that uh, they'll be very happy to have somewhere to call home. Although... Uh, Maybe it could have been in a sunnier state than Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> We're yeah. working on ours. Yeah. I, I think it's supposed to be uh, up and running for the the, the, World, the Cup. World Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, that would make sense because it would be a you know a training centre, same same as the state football centre will be um, here in the west. So you've got to have state of the art stuff when you're bringing national teams in. Yeah. Um, you can't have sort of Mickey Mouse where you're, you're training on a cricket ground, i.e. the Wacker. Um, You know, it it makes sense that we've got, you know, if you're going to be bringing big international teams in, uh, you need to have uh, top-class facilities for them. I'm I'm sure that everyone will pull out all of their stops to get the State Football Centre and that um, Mm -hmm. centre happening. I mean, look at Qatar. I mean, they did everything possible to get it for the World Cup because they had to. That was their timeline. There's there's no after. So for us, there is an after because we're going to... Um, use the facilities, but yeah. that's that, that's the target. Yeah, the, there is word that uh, the men will be using this facility as well. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't sort of just quarantine it, but um, I think. Well, <laughs> well, that's a very good point. Why not? But uh, the reality is that if you build a world-class facility, um, it's the same in England. Uh, St George's facility is used by the women and the men. Yeah. Um, so you know, if you're going to do that, but it will be known as the home of the Matildas. So I think that's you know, you, you're going to have to get maximum usage out of it, and it makes sense if you've got camps for both national teams, men and women, uh, utilising it, but being known as the, the home of the Matildas. 
Yep. Okay. I think we've covered everything we need mm. to. All good, guys? Yep. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Excellent. Neil, you've done a great job well as done, usual. Keep up the great work. That's good. Thank you very much. Yeah, looking forward to the uh, to the next couple of games in the NPLW. And, uh, yeah, you never know with, uh, with Glory, but uh, I think we might be just saying goodbye to that team uh, at the end of today. But who knows? <laughs> yes, well, it's been an enjoyable season. Yeah. After last season, they've um, really lifted the game and done the biz, and, yeah, I've enjoyed it. It's good. Go, Glory. Yeah. Thanks, yeah, Neil. absolutely. All right. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, guys. Take Th- care. Thanks, See you, Neil. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. That was Neil Bennett's women's football match reporter, and you'll see him on Beyond 90 and a few other women's football platforms, posting on our World Football pages as well. Yeah. Excellent to read. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um... We, do you want to put any any comments or match results in at this moment, Dave? Yeah, we can do. Yeah, um, go got, for it. Uh, NPL results from last weekend. Uh, We're talking men. Men's NPL, sorry. It's, it's well, you guys already discussed <laughs> ladies' NPL. So yeah, you, I know. It's so just... funny. I'm just giving you poop, by the way. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've noticed some of the posts on social media where someone says, men's state league and then someone else goes well, what else could it be i'm like well, dude yeah. if you say state league it could be men or women yeah right there's all these conversations happening yeah so uh inglewood belkada uh, belkada come away with a 2-1 win and that one but it was pretty good uh perth glory against armadale 4-3 i was actually talking to to john o'brien and he said it was uh an excellent game, just uh, glory sitting on top of the table. Yeah, I was going to just say that who would have who would have had that glory top of the table yeah. after two games? Because mm. I don't think I know there's various competitions of tipping going around of who's going to finish where, and I, the one I mean, no one had glory at, at, at anywhere near the top. To yep. be perfectly honest, so yeah, yeah. And uh, Coburn uh, beat Bayswater City two one. Um, Perth come out winners against Sorrento in a 1 0 win, and Red Star got beat by uh, Macedonia. Flirted Athena beat uh, Olympic Kingsway 2 0. And uh, as you mentioned, Perth Glory top of the league, Stanley Macedonia second, uh, with Perth third and Armadale fourth. Interesting with Kingsway. Is it this the, the curse of the night series has, has that struck again? <laughs> you know, like, you know uh, yeah. it's 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 something that's been mentioned about four, five, six years now that the teams that win the night series don't go on to have the greatest of seasons. Yeah, and it can't happen. Well, we won it last year and we did reasonably yeah, well. Yeah, yeah so uh, Kingsway night series winners and played two, <clears throat> lost two in the league. So yeah, yeah. interesting times. Yeah, State League uh, Division One, uh, Manda City. Um, overwhelmed Gosnells 8-0 Yeah I was at that game It was um, Yeah I don't think that'll be the first time Mandrill will score lots in a game Yeah uh, Something to do with the new striker <clears throat> No He he came uh, Lee came on as a substitute Didn't yeah. even get on the goal s- score sheet So Joey O'Brien Yeah uh, he, he's he got four in that game And Yeah, uh, and yeah Very Yeah they'll, They're going to be really hard to beat But they've got some tough games coming up well, they've got Mum FC. Uh, they've got Mum FC today, yeah, on on the, Syn- uh, yeah, on, the on the synthetic pitch. Yeah, yeah. So it's always a bit of a leveller. But then yeah. they've got, I think they've got Knights in the in the Australia Cup. They've got Western Knights away. They've got Fremantle home as their next game. So it's going to be a good a good early test for for Mandra. Yeah. And as you mentioned, as we also mentioned earlier, the football's going to be good this year. Mm. And here's three or four games that's going to. Good talking points. Uh, oh, Good absolutely. entertainment value. Yeah. Mm. I better get back to my job here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So, Mom FC against Subi, uh, that was a 2 2 draw, and Dunlop United uh, had a 1 1 draw with uh, Dianella. Forestfield had a 2 2 draw with Rockingham City. Western Knights had a 3 0 win over Gwillop, Croatia, and uh, Fremantle City won 4 0 against UWA. Do you want the. Can I, can I just fixtures? also. That, 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 uh, the the, the Mum Subi Echo game, was it 2 2? Because it's. There's an awful lot of places reporting a 2-1 win for Mum in, in where I've seen. Were you there? So, were you yeah. were you there? No, I wasn't. Yeah, no, there's a, there's a lot of places. I've seen both that it's been 2-2 and it's been 2-1 and not had a... Uh, I'll, you know, I'll find out this afternoon. If anyone knows the result of last week's game, yeah, yeah. post it on the Word Football page. Please, because uh, yeah, I've seen, I've seen Are you two. listening? <laughs> 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 Mm. Um, yeah, so uh, the fixtures, uh, Fremantle City against Subi, uh, uh, Murdoch Melville against Mandura, Junilop United versus Gosnells, Western Knights versus Forestfield, uh, Rockingham versus UWA, and uh, Daniela playing Gwellop, Croatia. And SL2, or should I say State League 2, um, Balga beat Maddington Calamander 2 0. Ashfield windmills game. I was actually watching my grandson playing up there. Windmills won at 4 2. Uh, <clears throat> Swan beat Joondalup City 3 1. Karmar Shamrock against um, Canning City 3 0 to Karmar. Uh, Curtin Uni doing quite well just now. It's an 8 1 win against uh, Quinns. So the know. men's side of things are doing okay but the women's side are not what's that saying about their resources their dedication <coughs> yeah it's a strange one come on maybe we should get Campbell Campbell yeah get Campbell <laughs> I'm, I'm making a note of that Campbell <laughs> um uh Wanderoo City uh, against uh, King, Kingsley West said that was a 2-1 win to uh, Kingsley West side and their fixtures are sworn uh, against Ashfield Morley versus uh, Maddington Calamunda, Balga versus Curtin Uni, Karamar versus Quinns, Joondalup City versus Kingsley, and Wanneroo versus Canning. Uh, top of the league there, Curtin. Uh, mm. And Karamar behind them and Balga. All in three points. And there's a few more, uh, Morley, Swan and Kingsley. Yeah. Uh, so I remember a few years ago having a discussion of how many... Clubs supported men's and women's at the top level. As in, how many men's NPL clubs or NPL clubs had men's NPL and women's NPL? So, Perth. So, well, <coughs> Balcata is one, uh, Perth is another, yep. Red Star, yep. Red Star, yep. and so, that, that's about it. Yep, so they're not. All of them don't support. Mum are in it, but we, we're in state. Yeah, the state men's league. are in state league. Oh, yeah. State league, and we've and got the Fremantle. Fremantle the same. Yep. Yeah. Curtin have. Their state league two. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. 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 In- yeah. Interesting. I've also got the amateurs who kick off this weekend. Uh, uh, the the fixtures: East Perth um, versus North Beach, Jaguar FC versus Kelmscott. Dunlop uh, United play Quinana. South Perth United play Peel. 
uh, North Perth play Southwest Phoenix and Wembley Downs versus Emerald. So that's the first round of the Amateurs uh, Premier. Yep, and I think that is the last of the men's leagues to kick off, yeah. is that right? Yeah. Then the women's in outside of the NPL, they kick off next, in the next few weeks. Next Sunday, yeah. yeah. Or Division 1 is next Sunday. Yeah. 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 Can, and then, can I just give some credit to Dianella White Eagles of the State League? I don't oh, know yeah? if you've yeah. read this. Um, all their admission fees from their State League games are going to Telefon. Oh, this year. Okay. So congratulations, guys. Yeah, well done. I hope they because, get good spectators. Yeah, because they, they play all their games at between five five thirty on a Saturday evening, and, and yeah, usually big numbers. Yeah, yeah. All, all gate entry fees going to telephone this year. What is the gate gate entry fee for a game? Six, Probably six dollars, I think. Oh, right? Six dollars. Okay. Yeah, I think okay. I think it's six dollars for a for a senior to go and watch a game. Yeah. Is it the same across all the clubs? Like, well, the it's the same. Some some clubs don't charge. Okay. Uh, the NPL can charge up to ten dollars. Ten bucks. Yeah. Stone, but state league is capped at no more than six dollars. Got it. Yeah. Okay. But many clubs don't charge as well. Yeah. Um, See, at, at up at Morahuni, we have a problem is trying to police hmm. the outside of people not can jump the fence. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's just not worth it. To we need to do a crowdfund, Dave, and we need to increase the parking area quality, and we need to get the rest of the stadium up, and so forth and so forth. Crowdfunding, Dave. Yeah. Okay. Dave, right. can I go fund me? Can I make a recommendation for this afternoon against Mandra? Make sure you got plenty of beer because they're travelling in serious numbers. <laughs> 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 They'll make some noise this, yeah, al- yeah, this afternoon yeah. at that game. Well, <laughs> uh, they've been having a problem getting volunteers to run the bar yeah. and everything, mm-hmm. and uh, they, they've. They've got it going because they somebody said, Mandra's coming up here, you get some beer. <laughs> what'll happen? If, if, if you don't have any, they'll take their own beer with them. And you don't want that to happen. No, you, no. you really need to get the profit. You it isn't to much. See, you've got to support the club that you're actually That's visiting. Right. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. Part, of the, part of the culture as well. You it know? is, yeah. absolutely. Now, Dave, we're going to go to a break because we're going to pick up our next guest. So hold those further thoughts that you've got there. <laughs> All right, this okay. is uh, Penn, Dave and Jim on the World Football Programme. We'll go to a break and be back with our next guest from WA Blind Sports, Ben Rowe. Hi, I'm Peter Skeeler. Everyone seems to think I'm the ultimate wingman and full of helpful information. It's true, I am. My passion is trivia and Australian football statistics. Check out aleaguestats.com, my website, where you can follow all the stats and results from the men's and women's A-leagues from the beginning of time, or at least 2005 and 2008, respectively. You're listening into the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle, and we appreciate you tuning in. Hey, hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's, and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth. Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432 745 140 
or simply at www.futsalwa.org.au. Going out on the pitch with your friends is always an amazing feeling. I train a fair bit, but when you're doing it with your teammates, it's a lot more fun. Having that camaraderie brings out the best in everyone, knowing that you're working together to achieve something. And you know that you have faith in your teammates because you guys are so strongly bonded together. You're just playing with friends, enjoying the game, having a laugh. You can't beat it. Have fun, make friends, keep active, play football. Welcome back to the World Football Programme on 107.9 FM. If you miss any part of the show, you can go to our podcast on the World Football Programme website. Not forgetting that we have a Facebook page and you can lob your news onto that, which we absolutely do encourage. Please share. It's all about world football. So we love you to comment and put your news out there. And if we have time, we'll see it. We'll put it on the World Football Programme and make some comments about it. Yeah. Our next guest is Ben Rowe, the chair of Blind Sports WA. Good morning, Ben. How's it going? Thanks for having me. <laughs> no problem. Good morning, Ben. You ocker you. <laughs> <laughs> good oh, I'm very Australian, we must say. Yeah. Very yeah. much so. <laughs> yeah, good, good voice for radio, Ben. Well done. <laughs> well, we've got you on to have a chat about Blind Sports WA and blind football in WA, so lead in with sharing with our listeners what is blind football and how it connects with Blind Sports WA. So um, blind football, there's two forms of the game uh, for uh, blind soccer. So we have uh, a, a category B1, which means um, that people have little to no sight and each player wears a, a blindfold in that category. Um, and then we've got a, um, a, a B2 and a B3 category, which people have a bit more uh, vision, uh, which uh, obviously they can uh, still see the ball enough to run around and, and kick it. So the, there's two categories of the game. Um, so Blind Sports WA, we, we really just launched our first um, uh, kind of... It's not really our first go at it, but a, a re, reshake of the dice um, to get blind football up and running in Perth. Um, so we partnered with um, the Perth Soccer Club over at uh, Dorian Gardens there, um, who are our home and are the first club to have blind football. Um, so we did had a successful year uh, last year just to get the, the sport up and running and, and learn how it's played because it's quite a, a, a big sport, obviously, worldwide, and there's a lot of um, pathways for... Uh, people who love their football to play Paralympic football and World Cup football. So um, we thought WA needed to be a, a part of that. So we're slowly growing um, that that element. Um, and Blind Sports Western Australia is um, basically a, a, our peak organisation, which is overseeing or helping all our sports in WA get off the ground and, and be sustainable and and help people connect with those sports. So that's our biggest role um, as an association. Um, and as of late, like we've been going through a rapid growth period as an organisation and our sports are slowly um, benefiting from that, um, that growth for us. Um, sorry. 
Yeah, I was just going to say, do you want, to tell, want me to tell you a bit about the rules or um, well, how it's played? Let, let's yeah. let's just, uh, we've got some questions for you. I know Jim wants to jump in, so you go before me. Uh, yeah. Yeah, how good, you going, Jim? Yeah, how good are you, Ben? How are you doing, mate? I was, uh, I was at Dorian Gardens for the State League Top 4 final last year and there was a blind football demonstration at half-time. Um, and that's really what got me thinking about it because... Many, many years ago, my dad back in England was a referee and he was telling me about refereeing a deaf game. Of course, you don't use a whistle and you have to use yeah. flags. So I was always interested in that. And then when I saw the blind football demonstration and how the, the appeal to the crowd was to please be quiet for a few moments, and they were. <laughs> and then it was the clapping and the way that it was all going and the crowd getting behind the players when they scored really got to me and thought, well, this, is, this is really yeah. something that should be promoted a lot more than what it is and my first question is how do clubs actually get involved in promoting the game and getting it more to a local level to where they are yeah so that that's part of our work at the moment um like our season's just starting off and we've got an event tomorrow um over at uh, yokine to try and just get the game out there um but you know we've we've that, that's the big key is trying to get the sport um, in, in front of as many people. That that particular event that you spoke of was, you know, really something um, to be really in front of like a crowd that would otherwise never see something like that. And and the participants that were there that you know it was only for 10, 15 minutes, but they they loved it. They loved to show their their skill and their craft. And for us, um, you know, we, we've taking the game down to Bunbury and there's quite a lot of interest down there. We've got one of the schools who are really keen to bring it into the school um, as part of their kind of uh, phys ed program just to learn that kind of uh, communication and and leadership under blindfold is quite something else. So there's so many aspects to why the sport is really beneficial for everyone, but particular us uh, blind and low vision people. yeah, so club-wise, it, it's you know it's it is difficult to get that into every club because we don't have a a, a a large amount of participation yet. So that's part of the key is to get our participation up, and then you know we can approach more of the, the clubs that are in those zones, perhaps having you know like a Coburn or a um, you know Mandurah region, Bunbury region, and then you've almost got a league um, on on that respect um and that's the that's the end goal um at the moment yeah i'm not sure if that answers your question but (laughs) is there a leveler for this ben for example could sighted people be in the competition if they all wear a blindfold sure so um this is the cool thing so we're we're starting a a bit of a program or 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 a league with football futures foundation perth soccer club and the idea is that we uh, setting up a league where sighted participants and groups can come and play against our teams. So let's just say there's you know the walking football group. They're going to come in and have a have a, a, a game or two against us, and then another club who you know, are, you know trying to branch out and do our, you know do some good things in their community want to come and play us. And that's the idea. We're targeting uh, groups to come and join our social league where our can actually start to grow. So um, definitely, and what we'll do, we've got extra blindfolds for people to be in that um, 
environment. Or we've also got these glasses that simulate different vision impairments. So there's quite a, a variety of um, you know, vision loss from uh, you know, diabetic retinopathy, um, retinitis pigmentosa, macular degeneration. So you've got all these different types that we could put the glasses on and you're just like the player that you're playing against, which is pretty cool. What are the pathways to encourage people to be involved? Obviously, the social connect is, is something we want to be inclusive for everyone in football to be able to participate, but are there pathways to connect to the greater population, like uh, state or national or, or international? Yeah, so there, uh, over east, they're far more advanced in terms of uh, their participation. Um, so they do... Um, you know, we've got football by Football Australia who managed the whole um, you know, pathway of uh, B1 football to Paralympics. So there's that, that pathway. And a lot of the training camps and, and things like that are, are held over east. So we do get invitations come through. Um, and as our participation grows here, I'm sure they'll be reaching out for more more players to test their skill in the in the in the in the bigger leagues um or the, you know the, the bigger pathways and same with the the b2 b3 pathways so there is world cup um, they they there isn't a paralympic um pathway for that group it's it's more just international uh you know futsal for blind and low vision or it's more low vision vision impaired um players so it's just slightly different um and the reason why B1 is a, is a Paralympic sport and the other one isn't is, is all to do with the classification process. So um, Paralympics have a real strict um, uh, classifying process. So for someone to meet the, the B1 rules, they have to have a, a, a level of non-vision. So that's how they can classify. And, yeah, and then you wear the, the, the goggles over the top or the eye shades, yeah. Uh, getting into the rules a little bit. But yeah, no, no yeah, that's, that's okay. It's probably, you, you're answering some of the questions that um, Jim and I clearly want to ask. Yeah, yeah. Go, Jim. So I guess now, Ben, the, uh, the most obvious question is you're playing football, you're blind. How do you know where the ball is? Yeah, okay. So yeah, key number one, so the B1 style of game, the ball has bells in it. So as the ball, ball moves, you can hear it jingle and that sort of thing. Um, and at, so in terms of players, so you've got four players who are under blindfold against four players under blindfold, and then your goalkeeper are fully sighted. So they're, they're kind of like your extra coach on the field. Um, and they can dictate, you know, yelling out, hey, move left, left, right, right, forward, forward, things like that. So, And then you've got your main coach on the sidelines to help move you along. Um the other thing is that you've got a, a person who will be tapping the goals once you get to a certain part of the field. So when you're in kind of scoring range, some, you know, they can tap the goals to give you an idea of where that is. More, more so that is like you know, penalty kicks and things like that. They'll, they'll tap and things like that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot to do with kind of listening and, and knowing where your team is and, and things like that, knowing where the ball is and knowing where the other players are. And it's, it's, it's not easy. No. <laughs> I, can tell you, I can tell you that. Um, and it takes a lot of discipline as a, as a player to kind of, you know, learn those, the ropes. And I think 
at the moment, our, our group at the moment are really working through that, like talking about um, you know, positioning, field positioning and structure and things like that because knowing where everyone is is so important to play a good brand of game um, and that's what we, we do at the moment. So if you imagine a futsal, we play on a futsal ground, so similar rules to futsal except um, yeah, the, the sighted uh, aspects. There's also um, when a player is defending you, they have to call out a word called voy, which is like, you know, like hazard, I'm here, I'm here, kind of voy, voy, voy. So they have to call that as they attack um, to, to tackle a player um, or the ball. Um, and that's to alert the person with the ball where that person is so you're not having head clashes and, and things like that. So. Yeah, oh. very strict rule. Go <laughs> I really fancy this. I'd quite happily, I'd quite happily give this a go with a, you know, a blindfold on, and uh, because you're making it sound incredibly easy, <laughs> and, and I'm just, I'm just sitting here closing my eyes, thinking I'm struggling to find the microphone, let alone to work out how to kick a ball. <laughs> Get your walking football team together. Yeah, no, that's what I was thinking. You know, I'm part of a walking football team down in the Mandurah area, and it's something I'll certainly take to them. Yeah. And uh, awesome, yeah, we would love to schedule you in um, for a match, or you know, like have, even have a bit of a practice first, and then get into game. And we could, yeah, either you know, uh, mix some of your players into our players, so we have a an equal kind of group sort of thing. Um, or you can try the vision impaired style, so you can still see something. Um, you know, it, yeah, a balance of the two, but we can have try try out both styles. Um, yeah, so it's it's pretty good. Like we don't have the, the the proper facilities here in Perth to to do the B1 properly. They usually have the side kickboards that go up the sidelines where you can kind of you know push the other player into it <laughs> 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 and get, get them out of the way. <laughs> and, and there was me thinking it was a nice gentleman's sport. Yeah. You, sound, you sound like a player, Dan. <laughs> yeah, well, it keeps the ball in, in bounds, doesn't it? But, yeah, like, it's like ice hockey. You use, use the field to your advantage, you know? <laughs> totally, yeah. So, yeah. Ben, but, ben how, how do we – before we let you go, how does anyone become involved or learn more about it? Is there a website or do they call someone? What do they do? Yeah, so the, the, the best way is to go to blindsportswa.com.au and you know, go in there, check out all the sports, but you can definitely contact us through that website. Um, there is also some contact details through the Football Futures Foundation if you land on there um, to get in touch with us. Um, but, yeah, come through the website. You can sign up, put your details there. I'll give you a ring. Um, other than that, you can come down on a Sunday morning at, um, usually at Dorian Gardens, but tomorrow we're over at Yokine Reserve for this um, football for all uh, launch, like season launch. So we're over there and there's got the big inflatable pitch. So we've got the boundaries there and the inflatable goals. So you're all concealed into this little pitch area and you can come and have a crack at it from 9.30 to 11.30. Jim's so writing that down. I'll be, yeah, I'll be there. Um and we've got about six of us uh, blind or low vision players uh, ready to take you on if you want to have a crack. And we'll have eye shades and, and glasses there for you to put on and have a crack at it. So. Ripper. 
Jim, come along. <laughs> Good on you. I'm, I'm just start scanning your website now and having a look, and it's amazing. And how many? I mean, I know we're talking about football, but how many other sports do you actually cater for? And it's just uh, sailing. Yeah, that's good. good. So what we want to do is create uh, a little bit of a profile and get some exposure out there Mm. in the community that there is such a a place for you to play football if you're vision impaired. Um, Go to the blindsportwa.com.au or Football Futures Foundation websites or come along to the launch tomorrow at Yokon. Yokon Reserve. You're doing a wonderful job there, Ben. Well, thank you so much. And thanks for having me on here to talk about the game. It's really, we, we want to have more people play. I don't, we don't care if you've got full sight or not. Just come and join us and be part of our, our group. And um, I just want to say that, you know, per, being a part of a club like Perth Soccer Club is just awesome, like for for all that community stuff. So yeah. I think as a blind person myself, like it's, it's, it's great to be a part of something a bit bigger. So get out there and, and play. Good yeah, on you. Good ben, on you, we really appreciate you coming on to the program and, and sharing all of that with us and our listeners. We'll put a link on our website for today and people can go to that and find out more information. Ben, have a fantastic weekend and thank you. Keep up the good work, mate. Thank you. Yeah, well done. Thanks a lot for having me. Good on Cheers. you, Ben. Cheers, See ya. Ben. Thank you. See ya. Okay. That's Ben Rowe, the chair of Blind Sports WA. Wow. Hey. I know, and he's so enthusiastic about it as well. You know, yeah. you and, and, and all that's come from was a 10-minute demonstration at half-time. Yeah, I, I saw it. Oh, all yeah. right. Oh, I think we sat, yeah, we yeah, sat yeah. together, didn't we? Okay. We watched it together. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And, Very and, good. Uh, and I was sitting here thinking about how you could actually use noises, you know, if you're going too far to the right, going too far to the left, there's like a buzzer tells you to... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, getting closer to the goal it, the sound gets louder or whatever you know it's, yeah. and like something relaying back from the centre of the crossbar for you to line up and have a kick at it without everybody shouting because I'm sure it must get a bit confusing if you if yeah, listen yeah. to voices yes, just, noise yeah. Noise. Yeah. yeah. but if you've got something in your headphones you probably Ear dots, whatever, and you hear the noise. Noise oh, cancelling. I'm, I'm, I'm going. Yeah. I'm going too far to the left. Going too far to the right, and I'm in front of goal now. I'm bang in front, so maybe put it a little bit to one side. <laughs> and I didn't realise it was a Paralympic event since 2004. No, and gosh, 2004. It was in the first Paralympics. It was. It was when I was doing a little bit. I did some little bit of research for it, and. 2004 in the Paralympics, and I, I, you know, if there's any sort of football on the telly or in the park, I'm sitting there watching it, and I, <laughs> and I don't think I ever recall seeing, yeah, okay. blind, blind soccer, blind football in the Paralympics when they've been on the TV. So uh, I think YouTube might get a hammering over the next few days yeah. to have a sneaky look. And yep, so. absolutely. Now we are going to go to a break because we've got one more guest to have a chat about football, as if we haven't covered everything already. <laughs> So we're going to go to a break. This will be Robbie Thompson coming up next from Paramount and Channel 10. This is the World Football Programme. Penn and Jim and Dave will be back very soon. The top station on your radio dial, Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. Oswest Fencing and Rotine is a fourth generation family business. Ring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates 
offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Raw Iron. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. the World Football Program, Penn, Dave and Jim in the studio with you and our final guest on the show today before we break and all go our ways into the football community here locally in Perth and watch and travel and do all those things that become our football weekend is Robbie Thompson from Paramount Plus and Channel 10. Good morning and good afternoon, Robbie. Good, Good afternoon and good morning. You left out play. And play. Yes. Oh. <laughs> well, uh, Dave might be walking football. Jim would be. What would walking, you be, Jim? I'm, I'm walking football. Walking football, <laughs> and I'm coaching. Yeah. Yeah. So we're okay. Fair enough. Well, my, it's my team's first game of the season today, and I can't go because I've got to go and, and well, I'm, I'll happily go and watch and commentate the Mariners in okay. action at five o'clock. But. Uh, but I, I still mine, mine's in between walking and jogging. I thought you were going to say you can't go because you're on the radio here. <laughs> Priorities, yeah. There, there we ask Robbie who your team is. Uh, it's the Hurlston Park Wanderers over forty-five C. I think we are. Hurlston <laughs> Park. There, there are a lot of it. Grassroots Hurlston Park, brilliant. one of the old clubs in Canterbury, Canterbury District in Sydney. Okay. Good on them. Nice. That's a good old name yeah. to throw into an FA Cup pool of some kind <laughs> with the romance of the yeah, cup, exactly. all these names. There's got to be stories along with them, Robbie. What's the story for your club? Ah, oh, now, now you've put me on the spot. <laughs> next time, next time been, we get Having been on. overseas for 20 years, <laughs> I, I actually have a friend who plays in there who said, come on, come and play. So, <laughs> so that's my link to the Hurlston Park Wanderers and their illustrious past. <laughs> well, um, I remember many, many years ago when the former host of the show, Martin Wells, he was very English from 
Oh my God, Tunbridge Wells. Royal. Martin Wells from Tunbridge oh, yeah. Wells. Royal, that Royal just clicked Tun- in my head. Royal oh my God. Wells. Yes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And he loved the FA Cup, English FA Cup. And there was always, we'd always feature a lot of uh, English football and he'd talk about the FA Cup teams and the ones that we hadn't heard of. And he'd pull out from somewhere all these amazing names. And I'm like, really, is someone really name a town that? <laughs> That name, yeah, and then he'd come out with these stories about it, and I'm like, "Well, that's actually pretty cool if it's true." Yeah, the, the FA Cup doesn't start in January with the third round; it starts in the first week in August with the extra preliminary round. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yes. yeah. But as I said last time on the show, there are more teams to play in the Australian Cup mm, yeah, than the FA Cup. Mm. Yes, yeah. yeah, I saw that this year. Which mm. is interesting. Yeah, and we should probably talk <laughs> more about that because that's a connect of everything in our football environment that's creating a culture when we start talking about it yeah. more not just the results but the stories behind those clubs yeah so exactly. bring your story with you next time we talk to you robbie okay <laughs> i will i'll get it all right <laughs> and, and the and the stories for this week are let's put top of the table socceroos versus ecuador that international series was i think super awesome i was very excited to watch that first game and the second game because they were very different games i, I thought um, I love the consistency that the Socceroos and the energy that the Socceroos brought in their attack for the first time in a long time. They swapped out players and we still maintain the same energy. Your, your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. I thought there was great intensity. I think, isn't it wonderful what just a, a switch in mentality can can make in a team? I mean, obviously off the back of the World Cup and this was all about coming home and celebrating that achievement as well as as, as looking forward and preparing and in the end giving a number of young kids the chance. So I think that there are so many positives to take from it, but, but just the idea that we can go out there and play against the fourth, fourth best side in South America and take them on, show no fear. I mean, we have a terrible record traditionally against South American sides. I was looking at all of this before commentating the second game in Melbourne, and we'd only won nine times against South American opposition in all our history. It's the worst. It's worse than Europe, worse than Africa, worse than Asia, worse than Oceania by a long way. And, and we, and I mean, we won one, we lost one, but we showed no fear throughout. And even, in, even when we were outplayed for periods, we still came back. And in that second, those last 15, 20 minutes in, in, in Melbourne, we could have got a draw, you know, comfortably because we, we, we had that belief. And that was with... You know, a, a debutant goalkeeper, a new look back four, uh, apart from Degenek. I mean, it, there were so many changes, and and yet we played with that confidence and pr- that mentality that we've got nothing to lose. Let's go for it. I really liked this. The standout players were, f- for me, were n- some were new additions to the club, like uh, Jordan Boss. I-, I think he brings an X factor that I, I really love, and I, I love Bayich as a fullback. Um, yeah, but yeah. and he and I love the way that he gets down the line. But when I was watching uh, Boz play, is it Boz or Boss? How, how do you say his surname? I say Boss. Boss. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Yeah. Um, so he's. I will. I will check on that one as well. Yeah. It may be Dutch. <laughs> Bosch. Bosch. <laughs> yeah. So he, so he was solid, but he clearly wants to attack. Like he he has that X factor where he will take on players so confidently and fluently, and that creates an attacking move for us. Yeah. That was just that was wonderful and. The consistency that Craig Goodwin is bringing to the Socceroos at the moment is solid as. He's shooting with flair, his passing, his vision, everything is solid. And Jackson Irvine, oh, my God, that guy's got to another level. And being captain is spot on for where we're at right now. Did you know he's an Aberdeen guy? He's from Aberdeen. Jackson Irvine? Yes. Gee whiz. From my part of the world. I don't 
know what to say, <laughs> Bruno, right? But, so I, I, th- I think of Australia and I think of, like, uh, you know, the, the good old Ocker accent. But, you know, it, there's so much ethnic football and migrant background in our culture that it's all just together in that team. Well, the, it's incredible. the, team, the team's full of Scotsmen anyway. It's like a throwback to the old, to the 60s and 70s when, yeah. I mean, the NSL was all Scottish players. The Socceroos were Scottish players, yeah. you know, way back in, in the in the first instance yep. because they were one of the real driving forces. So it's, Absolutely. It, it's great to come full circle. It shows you just how it all goes in cycles as well. Yes. Yeah. I think, you know, hopefully, hopefully for the good of the game, it won't be too long before we have a, a stronger Asian influence in Australia as well, and and hopefully get some more Aboriginal kids coming through and mm, playing the game and, yeah. and have that cycle as well. I mean, there it's it's so cyclical after the eighties of you know of the the rise of the Croatian and those immigrants that came in the in the in the seventies after the Greeks and the Italians and the before that the Scots and the Irish. I mean, it's yeah. it's a history of our country in in a sporting sense. It's beautiful. Yeah. Well, you're right because. Football Australia or Soccer Australia, whatever they were called at the time, uh, you know, pulled apart the or pulled out the ethnicity from the names and and tried to make us on a different kind of platform. But it's so strong, like the South Melbournes, and you know, they 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 want their names, and we've got Sterling Macedonia yep. reclaiming Macedonia, <laughs> not Sterling Lions, and all those kind of things. Yeah. That was a local club here, Robbie, and we we yep. want that. Yep. That's it's strong parts of how we associate to football here. And if you look at our Australian team, well, there it all is, yeah. together. Exactly. Backing each other Absolutely. up when they're going for fisticuffs yeah. in the games and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of passion. But it is, it's true. And to be fair, that's what Graham Arnold uh, is always says as well, that there's only there, there's no team that unites the country more than, more than the Socceroos. And mm. I, I, I remember, for me, I, I was a late teen driving in my car, I'd only just got my licence, coming up from Canberra to Sydney for those games when we played um, Canada and then Argentina to qualify for, to try and qualify for the World Cup in 1993. And and then hearing the national anthem and seeing all the people inside, I mean, the the Sydney Football Stadium set its all-time capacity record for that game against Argentina. And the, the singing of the national anthem that day, as a as an eighteen year old who'd never really heard it, never really cared that much about Australia growing up, um, growing up here, it was it was incredible, and it was people from all over the world singing the national anthem and behind the Socceroos, and it was the Socceroos that did that. And even even in Qatar, you you look at what the Socceroos achieved, and people. I'm getting messages after my time overseas from people all over the world overseas talking about Matt Leckie and Craig Goodwin. And, and, and the Socceroos. No other team in Australia does that. Only the Olympics and maybe an individual achievement in the Olympic Games can do that, can capture our, our image to international audience like that. But it's the Socceroos that do it. And every other sport, you, you wonder why they try and keep it down. Because it's, it's the power of the Socceroos and the Matildas is massive compared to any other sport and team in this country. Yeah. I totally agree. Yet, at an A-League level, we're, we're not getting the bums on the seats and... No, exactly. It's, just, yeah. it's not converting. No, and it's, and, and it's... I think it's because that... Well, I think there are several, several, several factors and 
you know, this is probably not what you wanted to talk about when, you, when we called up, Penny. No, no, it's fine. We can digress. Me, We're good at that, Leo. <laughs> I love digressing. I love digressing as well. But for me, the, the bottom line above everything, and I'm just watching Melbourne Victory versus Wellington now in New Zealand, and Melbourne Victory have come from behind and are leading 2-1 and keeping their, their you know, incredible finals hopes still alive here. It's such a brilliant season. One thing, there are many problems with the game domestically in this country at, at, at A-League and at, at a club level. But one of them is not the quality of the football. The football is, is a very strong quality, and I think that the MPL reflects that as well when you have these, like you're saying, these clubs that bring their communities together. But the quality of the A-League as well is nothing to be sniffed at, as, as the Socceroos have proven with, you know, Aidan O'Neill, Goodwin, Boss, um, these players that can just step in, Joe Gauci, yes. can step into this side and, and play at international level. And Matt Leckie score against Denmark at the World Cup. And this is, this is the level that the A-League is at. So, look, there are many, there are many problems, but, but, but the main problem is not the football. And that's, that's the bottom line. Yes, so let's not talk about what the problems are because we won't fix them. Yeah. We won't fix them in the 15 minutes left. No, yeah. Yeah. no we won't. And, and let's just talk about uh, Joe Gauci. He did a great job. Um, and I, I think of um, who's our number one goalkeeper? Ryan. Ryan, Ryan. Matt, Matt Ryan, thank you. Yeah. Uh, mental blank there. But uh, he's very solid. Very, very solid. Commands his back line like an, like an orchestra. Um, prevents a lot of things happening because he's got great communication and they have great structure. And Joe Gauchi came in and he was flexible and he was athletic and he probably did a, a few things there that were, you know, not the same as Matt Ryan, but still mm-hmm. played a very, very good game and could easily step in in exchange for his position. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And he's only 22 yes. and has got so much more to learn. And we've got a couple of kids who are playing in England at a good level, you know. There's Belokovic, who's a famous footballing name in Australia who's who senior played as a sweeper I think it was for Sydney United back in the old NSL well now the kid is there playing as a goalkeeper for Huddersfield in the championship okay. playing regularly I mean we've got we've, we've got so many players all over the place who are you know it's the, the future I mean I know we've been saying this for for 40 years but the future is bright <laughs> yes yeah. it is so next World Cup more than just the quarterfinals yeah yeah, if we go on this kind of trajectory, Whoa. I reckon. Bring it on. Yeah, hell yes. <laughs> yeah. There's an extra round, don't forget. There's going to be a round of 32 as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we'll qualify, that's almost certain. And then uh, and then we'll see about quarterfinals, Penn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm excited just by seeing this series of games and the quality that's been you know, put in there, substituted in and maintain that same energy and intensity. Just uh, very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to October because, coincidentally, booked a trip back to London. Oh, <laughs> huh. and my last weekend, is the, my last Friday night there is the 13th. So, guess where we'll be going? Uh, off to Maybe we- Wembley. Off to Wembley Stadium, Australia, <laughs> England, before we fly home. Nice. Uh, so, yeah. uh, so uh, what date is that game? Uh, Friday the 13th of October, <laughs> Wembley Stadium. Yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, and I fly. I leave London on the 16th. So yeah. happy days. It's, Fantastic. Yeah. It's tasty, isn't it? These internationals being all over the place. Mm. Uh, I mean, th- this is what we yeah. want, right? We want to keep, like you say, Robbie, capturing people internationally and and encouraging them. And if we've got, you know, we've got all the Scottish and we've got Asians and Africans and Australians and and yeah. whatever in our, we, we're going to capture everyone. We are one of those teams in the world that ha- 
everybody can be in our team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, you, you, your roots can come from, you know, all those different places and yeah. your families and whatever. It's a connect. Yeah, absolutely. I was reading an article on, you know, BBC Sport or whatever and about Asian girls playing football. And they won't go and play. They're not allowed to in some cases, but they won't go because they don't know anybody and it's difficult. Mm. So it really should be done within the schools. The schools should be organising stuff as well, you know, or clubs doing things within schools or normal... Yeah, I agree with that entirely. I think Australia has a maybe... And and this is something that I, I, growing up in Australia, I always struggled with for a long time, the term Asian in England, which often means Indian, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes. As opposed to, to China, well, Indian, Pakistan, Sri Lankan, mm. Bangladesh... Yeah. Whereas here, for for us growing up, Asian was Vietnam, uh, China, Indonesia, Japan, or yeah. Indonesia. Yeah, exactly. Malaysia. I think I think there is something about that. I mean, I I really wonder why we don't have more Asians playing in in the A League in the MPL, and maybe it's just a question of time. But we we, I mean, for me, it's a no brainer when we head out into places like Western Sydney, where the there's such a large population um, that that comes from Asia, and this is. You know, there are, there are a lot of people still born overseas, but there are a lot of second generation, third generation now. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, they love football. Everyone loves football. That's not, I mean, it's, it's no, no point just to say Asians love football. We know they do yeah. um, because everyone does. But they should be. Why? There's something that's not clicking there as well. Yeah. Like when you say that about England, I think that's the same here. People have to feel, we have to do something to make them feel more welcome because these and wanted. we've been saying this yeah. the whole time, but these are huge populations that should be playing at, at an elite level by now, our, our sport, and they're not. That's a good point because it's it's a very strong culture, isn't it? If we t- talk of uh, uh, the Chinese, Japanese, that, that kind of culture, they're yeah. very present here in Australia. Why aren't they very present in our most yeah. recognised national football. team? football. China... But, the Chinese women were finalists of the World Cup back in '99 or or whenever it was. I mean, they, you know, they love their football. Indonesia and Thailand are, are just mental about mm, it. Yeah, mm, absolutely. So. Yeah. But the African migration that's happened over the past I don't know, 10, 15 years, maybe more. Yeah. So now we're seeing that flavour come through into the Matildas, most definitely, yeah. and the Socceroos. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah, comparatively. Where are the Asians? But then again, where where are our indigenous players? They are amazing athletes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, well, I, I I'm a big supporter of the John Moriarty Foundation, who who does a lot of work um, in in remote communities, and uh, he was a, one of our first Aboriginal Socceroos, along with Harry Williams, of course, and 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 Charlie Perkins as well, and and he's doing great work. And you think of someone like you know Adam Good. Who always wanted to play football and got got basically told that he was so good at AFL that he had to go and play AFL and ended up going and playing AFL. He still plays football down in the parks here in Sydney with Craig Foster in the gang every weekend. <laughs> and just think, my 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 goodness, you know, I could have been playing for the Socceroos wow. all this time instead of you know playing AFL and and you know I mean fantastic champion, incredible AFL player as well. He but could play for the Walkers. And what a leader now. he would have been. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah but there are there are kids. There are lots of Aboriginal kids coming through, and 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 that's good to see. And hopefully more and more. You know, there the Matildas have, you know, a number of 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 players of Indigenous descent, and hopefully 
you know, we'll start seeing that more and more in the in the in the Socceroos as well, and the women that have continued. Yeah. Now, um, because we've got such a huge uh, Scottish fan <laughs> in the studio, um, I know we're going to talk about Scotland. I'm, I'm also <laughs> Australian fan. As well. <laughs> oh, the, the Scottish national team. What have they done recently? <laughs> Virtually nothing. You know, just apart from a bunch of moaning Spaniards. You know. So if you don't if you don't want to talk about that, we can talk about the EPL. So. Uh, <laughs> Just no, no, listen, I don't watch EPL. I, I'm an uh, international football or A-League man. Okay. <laughs> Go on, Dave. Have your moment of pleasure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, a, what a result. I'll, I'll, in, I'll, I'll enjoy this. I mean, I saw all the clips of the National Anthem at Hampton Park as well. I mean, it's, it's spectacular. And it, what a result. Two oh. results, back-to-back results. Yeah, I absolutely. Mean, it's brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant for, for Scottish football. And, you know, I think they've got an Aussie playing up front as well, don't they? They're number yeah. nine. Yeah. How, hang on, how did they do that? Why isn't he playing for Australia? He, oh, they got him first, a bit yeah, like us and Harry yeah, Suter. Yeah. Yeah, and Martin Boyle. And yeah. there's a few others. Yeah. 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 So yeah. what were the results, Dave? Well, the, the beat Cyprus 3-0, uh, and to be quite honest, they toiled a little part in that game. They played really well in the first half, but let, let it sort of go because they thought it was going to be easy. But eventually ended up uh, 3-0, and then... Against the Spanish, um, McTominay, that could hardly get a game for Man United, crashed two goals in. Uh, but Kiern, Kearney, who uh, can hardly get a game for uh, Arsenal, uh, playing at left, uh, well, left side midfield, uh, just swung in a beautiful ball and McTominay banged it in. And it, uh, it was just a brilliant game. What was the final result then? Two 0 against Spain. It was holy at, cow at Hampden Park. Oh, all, I, all I hear, keep hearing, is you played bloody well, but I didn't hear the res- end result. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, Scotland two, Spain nil. You know, it was okay. unbelievable. Massive result. Massive result. Massive, massive, massive result. So yeah. we're sitting top of Group A in the. It, it won't last. <laughs> well, Spain won their next game, I think, and are already up in second place in the group. So, yeah, there's no, it's no enjoy it. I think make hay while the sun shines. If Absolutely. I was a Scottish fan, I, yeah. I'm liking. I'm. I've watched a couple of the Scottish games, not not those ones, but I've watched uh, in the last twelve months the <coughs> Scottish team. I like their style of play now. I, I think it's changed from before. Yeah, it's a, a well. Steve m- Clark has made a big, big difference, and you know. I was going to say, say something about the Socceroos, the fact that Arnie maybe doesn't get enough praise for how he handled things for, during the World Cup and his plans for the future. But Steve Clark has mm. done a good job, and he's got a, an amazing background of being at Chelsea. He was a player there, and he uh, went at the youth system and uh, ended up... But Mourinho wanted him to move up with the, some of the older players and ended up with the first team, you know. So he's got a good background of great coaches that, that passed through Chelsea and uh, uh, went off to Newcastle and things didn't work out and uh, ended up uh, uh, head coach with Kilmarnock and took them up second in the Premier League in Scotland and they snapped them up for the main job. So he's he's done really well. Mm-hmm. And uh, just uh, a couple of teams you mentioned there, just... In the EPL, Arsenal are sitting on top. Man City, Man United. What can I say about Man United since 
the post Ronaldo era. And by the way, Ronaldo's still banging in goals. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. he's still playing for Portugal. Yeah. And so and most... banging in goals for them too. Yeah. 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 So the <clears throat> there was a disconnect between him and Manu. Just didn't work. And they're sitting third on the EPL table. So and Tottenham fourth, Newcastle, and then Liverpool sixth there. So could be a few changes yet though. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I, I'm sure there will be. <clears throat> just uh, horses for courses and getting the dynamic right and. No, uh, Robbie. I did want to ask you. What do you think the style of play that the Australian? How would you describe the Australian style of play? Oh, good question. I, I was lucky enough to go and watch training before the first game in Sydney and see what Arnie was doing with the with the team um, and a lot of the drills they were working on. And it a lot of it was. I mean, Arnie's quite a tactical coach, and I don't think like you like you're saying. I don't think he gets necessarily a lot of credit for for how much he thinks about the game in Australia. Um, there was a lot of trying to work out the high press, a lot of trying to analyse the opposition, how they play out, how to how to cause them problems. And we saw it with the, the Awea Mobile goal, um, where they won it back from yes. the high press. It was literally like watching the training that, the night before, like yep. literally. Um, so that's always nice to see. And I think people don't know that and don't, don't give that credit. Look, this is a a side that doesn't play possession-based football. We're not technical enough in, in small places to to dominate matches with the most possession. Um, but I think if you ask Spain recently, that doesn't always work for you anyway. Yes. Things, I think it's really hard to play possession football against sides that will sit deep and transition quickly. And I don't think it matters who you are. I think, if anything, when we look at the Barcelona side of 10 years ago, the Spain side of 10 years ago, they were incredibly good, which is why they managed to do it, playing that, that way. Otherwise, everyone that counter-attacks or stays organised and transitions quickly and presses high, they're the teams that win football matches. France, that won in 2018, that made the, made the final again, were, you know, in, in 2022, are a side that don't dominate you and don't play the most intricate, beautiful football. And look, we can't. We've got players that are physical, that will run all day, that will be disciplined. Um, our success in the World Cup was from being organised, from not exposing ourselves, from hanging in matches, trying to play for nil-nil as long as we can and steal something, steal something and then defend. And, and I don't think there should be any shame in that. When we don't have... We've got one player in the EPL. We've got no one in Serie A. Not yet. He hasn't signed for it. He hasn't agreed to play for us yet. We've got no one in, in La Liga. So I can't think of anyone we have in the Bundesliga either. We've got a couple in the German second division, a couple. There's, there's Denis Genre, who doesn't play for the Socceroos in the first division in France. But you get what I'm saying. We don't have, with all due respect, the best players in the world that are technically good enough to play possession football. So we have to play for our strengths, yes. which are discipline, commitment, rigour, um, you know, strong in a challenge, transition, pressure. And look, this is a modern, this is a, a template for modern football these days. There are very few sides that can play. Everyone talks and wants to play like Barcelona play. It doesn't work for Barcelona unless everything is perfect. It doesn't work for Spain, as we just saw. So look, not everyone can do it. We should be proud of the way we play, even if it's a, it's a mix, a, a modern style, which, you know, isn't necessarily... Australian football or doesn't look like it, we just have to embrace it. That's the way we play. I, I'm glad that you said that because and we'll have to let you go in a moment, but that, that describes a transition, I think, of the older 
uh, soccer is squads to now. That they're getting that yeah. consistent style that they're playing, able to keep playing with the transition of plays in and out of the squad. And I can see that style happening. Whereas before I couldn't really describe the style. It was uh, dogged kind of, I don't know, Tom Samani yeah. once said about the yeah. material. It's a mongrel style of football, mm. he used to say. And But now I can see there's all those things in it and it's having results and success for us. And that, that is our style. Mm-hmm. We, we are developing our own style. I like that a lot. Yeah. It's, it's maturing <laughs> in the game. Mm. And, Robbie, we're yeah. going to have to let you go. It's an absolute pleasure to digress with you, as always. <laughs> always. <laughs> Please keep up the great work, Matt's commentating, and we'll catch you again on the show for sure. Yeah, good. Fantastic, Benny. Anytime. Thanks, guys. Have a good weekend. Robbie. See ya. Thanks, Robbie. Bye. That was uh, Robbie Thompson, Paramount and um, Channel 10 match reporter. Guys, it's been a pleasure to have you on the program with us. Thank Thanks you. very much, Benny. Always more to talk about <clears throat> another time. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening in. Len and... The Bags Groove program is up next. If you like your jazz football, then keep on listening. Thanks, everybody, for listening into the World Football Program. Thank you all. Join us again next week at the same time for the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM.